Good evening. Any questions tonight? Yes. Question about that. Uh huh. Well, so the question is about the uh, really kind of the uh, the genesis of what we're doing here. Uh, and particularly with regard to kirtan, which is central to our uh, practice, it's the method to the to the madness that we seek, if you will, that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so much embodied, hmm? transcendental madness, and um, <coughs> and what. What is the history prior to that? Hmm? Apparently, the author of the article feels that there was no precursor to that, or nothing that uh, led up to it, so to speak. Um, but that it started as an explosion of its of its own. Um, and I uh, would tend to differ to some extent from that. I, I think that perhaps the author seeks to place uh, uh, great emphasis on the contribution of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself um, and with some feeling for that he has uh, somewhat minimized or dismissed uh, elements that uh, preceded his uh, appearance that uh, could be seen as a precursor to it without, I should say, taking away from his his uh, contribution. And um, um, and we find that that is what, for example, Krishnadas Kaviraj does in Chaitanya Charitamrita by not minimizing the contribution of Madhavendra Puri or the previous Kavikarnapur and his work and, and so forth, early the early writings of the tradition, they didn't minimize Madhavendra Puri or uh, in, in, in Chaitanya Dev himself, of course, showed uh, great regard for Madhavendra Puri, Ishwar Puri, and so on and so forth. Um, and, of course, from a truly traditional perspective, if we accept, for good reason, with scriptural support, the uh, the notion that 
uh, Sri Chaitanya is the combined descent of Radha and Krishna. Krishna in pursuit of the experience of, of, of Radha, Radha's experience of himself, very esoteric concept, um, then uh, Krishna Das makes it very clear in his, in his work, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that he arranged pre- prior to his appearance for Madhavendrapuri, elders like Advaita, and so on and so forth, to come onto the, the scene and lay a foundation and a groundwork. Um, all the uh, he, he first in in a, in a in a synopsis kind of form in in the uh, I believe the Nadi Lila begins to narrate the, in a synopsis form the narrative that follows, and uh, and he begins by such. Uh, Offering deference to the the predecessors, if you will, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, immediate predecessors like Madhavendra, like Advaita, Nityananda Prabhu, and, and so forth, Ishwar Puri, hmm. um, and uh, and so, but with, with the idea that if he's going to descend, these persons have to be there, and everything to be in place, um, and so forth. So um, that's kind of more the immediate circle. Of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism but then again the author that you refer to speaking about Madhavendra Puri and seemingly dis- dismissing or minimizing his contribution as if it in itself was not any precursor to what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give but but Chaitanya Charitamrita describes Madhavendra Puri as the person in whom the seed that the fruit and flower and fruit of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about uh, appeared hmm? So, um, that's it. If you want to go back a little bit uh, further to authors like Chandidas, Jayadev, uh, Bijapati, and so forth, and their love uh, poems about Radha and Krishna, it's 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 uh, it's true that they could be some of them. Uh, maybe Vidyapati's work, uh, Chandidas's work, more so, could be taken in a mundane uh, light possibly um, uh, it certainly was that certainly wasn't the, the case with 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 Jaidev hmm? uh, Goswami and his Gita Govinda for example a very celebrated text that was celebrated in Jagannath Puri before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared and would be uh, uh, the drama of it was performed um, as a devotional uh, act before the deities in Jagannath Puri hmm? uh, on a regular uh, basis. The book of Jayadev's also begins with the uh, Das Avatar Stotram, hmm? in in which the concluding line of each of the verses is Kesha Badrita. Narhari Rupa, Keshavarita, Kurma Rupa, and so forth. Uh, a, a arguably a uh, philosophical or theological um, position that the author is taking, that is, and one that is central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that Krishna is the fountainhead of all forms of divinity, the heart of the Hindu pantheon of gods and and, and, and goddesses, if you will, 
the romantic heart of the absolute um, and that line of the Bhagavad Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam is encapsulated there in the uh, Dasavatar Stotram which is, the, which is the introduction to the drama of Jai Gobinda so it's clearly a theological uh, text and the author's uh, personal uh, background is quite uh, extraordinary um, as well and uh, clearly um, of, a, of a saintly nature mm-hmm. so I wouldn't uh, want to minimize his contribution and I, I kind of look at his work and to be generous uh, Chandidas Vidyapati somewhat like the Alwar's work in the Sri Sampradaya of South India who were mystical uh, poets who uh, personified saintly and mystical uh, saintly qualities and mystical experience and so forth uh, and then expressed their um, their uh, spiritual emotions in their poetry and it was uh, they were clearly uh, uh, transcendentalists and then it, when Ramanuja appeared on the scene he took that poetry and kind of put it into a systematic theological and philosophical uh, uh, dissertation that uh, is then the the kind of the the foundation, philosophical foundation of the Sri Sampadaya, sometimes it's even referred to with his name, the Ramanuja Sampadaya, with deference to the Alwars and so forth. Um, and they are thought within the Sampadaya to be incarnations of various aspects of Vishnu, like his mace, his club, disc, so on and so forth. Um, so I think that the light in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu looked on Chandidas Vijapati. Uh, uh, Jaidev and then um, uh, uh, later Madhavendra and so forth is the light through which we should look at it. Um, uh, it may be so that he cast a light on them that was brighter than others could uh, prior to him hmm? and uh, enabled uh, others after his time to appreciate their work more more deeply, more richly. But I, I don't think it, that that the work itself was uh, was divorced. That was become some type of um, extension of his bhava to something mundane, which uh, which he saw spiritually. I think has has real spiritual um, content uh, to it. But, yes, I mean, uh, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in one sense, then represents is a systemizing, through the work of the Goswamis, his immediate uh, followers, the, uh, what is the love um, of Radha and Krishna that has been celebrated in poetry, literature, art, um, music in India for, for centuries. So charming, so beautiful, even the Mughals got involved in and uh, many of the paintings of Krishna Leela are done by Mughal or Muslim um, artists and so forth. So had uh, this is the the Bhagwat Purana, the, uh, had this central text. It had so much power to captivate the, the public. Um, 
we could say the same thing about it. Obviously, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu looked at it in a particular light, and his followers, the Goswamis, rendered commentaries on it that brings out what no one else was able to bring out, but it was there. Hmm? Right? And it being the central hub around which all the sacred uh, texts of the Hindus orbit and will be understood properly in, in, in relation to, in context, um, uh, is, is then hardly separate from the Upanishads, the Puranas, and so on and so forth. So, the, so that therefore the Goswamis in their writing, they sought to demonstrate that what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, the ecstasy that he was about, the kirtan that he was so absorbed in, has its roots in the Bhagavad, in the, in the Upanishads, and, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, and in, in effect, they are all concertedly pointing in, in that uh, 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 direction hmm, of what he Im- embodied. So you don't want to... I mean, I didn't read the article, I don't know how well you're representing it, but you wouldn't want to separate as if he, out of nowhere... He just appeared, and, and there's a and there's a quite an effort uh, made or a recognition, I should say, by Kavi Karnapur, by um, later Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, and centuries later Baladev Vijayabhushan, also, and in, in Bhaktivinoda in our more modern times, of the connection between the Sampradaya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Madhava. Hmm? Brahma Sampradaya and so forth. So I, I think that these these connections, prior uh, um, seeds and sprouts of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, w- was about, have to be seen um, as such. And it doesn't minimize his contribution in the, in the sense that this tradition sees as in his orchestrating the whole the whole affair. Hmm? You follow me? Hmm? Um, what uh, the articles about Madhavanipuri? How did how did Mahaprabhu view him, and what in what light, and so forth? Um, and again, uh, the, that said, it is true that with the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, these things came together in such with such force. Hmm? And such power that within India at the time there was kind of a populist uh, rejection of the Advaitin uh, almost monopoly on religion and uh, and mukti. Hmm? It was uh, they were the dominant uh, social religious and. Um, mystical influence at the time, such that the majority of the uh, people were led to believe that in order to attain mukti, which was thought to be the goal, then one had to take birth as a Brahmin, and in that life take sannyas, and then one could attain uh, mukti, which distanced the uh, Brahman, the absolute from the people in general by a couple of steps and so forth. So there's this common feeling that that, that there, we can have an unmediated experience with our source, if you will, and the mediation of 
birth and ritual, sannyas and so forth, um, distanced the people considerably in their minds and their feelings uh, uh, from uh, a source that they felt more connection with so that so that the uh, philosophical and uh, religious uh, dogma it was not uh, uh, resonating uh, with them such that they were ripe for a kind of a revolution that did occur so to speak a, a kind of a bhakti revolution that was centered on nam on the name so you have Tukaram, for example. You have Guru Nanak of the Sikhs, hmm? Satnam. They were they were he was a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kabir, um, another uh, mystic uh, poet, and so forth. These are just to name a few, all of whom were advocating that there was a more um, a direct or unmediated experience of the Absolute that was. Uh, available through Nam, through his name, Nam Kirtan. Hmm? If the name uh, d- descend in the world as a medium to which he could be connected with, and, and the Absolute and his name were one and the same, what's in a name? Quite a bit. They say, did you get his name? <laughs> you got his name and you got him. <laughs> then we can track him down, so to speak. So, um, And within that um, kind of bhakti revolution it's kind of a bhakti revolution to gyan the idea that love transcends knowledge or it is the end of knowing hmm? um, this was uh, m- most uh, systematically addressed and um, uh, written about by the immediate followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the time and he amongst all of those notable persons in different traditions and others that I haven't mentioned who are involved in some form of advocacy of, of Nam of Nam Kirtan chanting the name of God uh, which is a universal principle as we see today all the religious traditions hold that the name of God is sacred amongst the uh, I think the biblical uh, New Testament tradition it would, I think it begins with the, the beginning was the word and the word was one and so there, this is a the uh, logos, uh, uh, the sound is, is is him, and so forth. Uh, and in the Jewish tradition, I think they have an idea that the name of God is so sacred that you shouldn't chant it, you can't utter it. So, but it's a, it's a similar idea that there's that there, there's. Uh, the Muslims have I think 99 names. They have beads that they ch- they chant on, of uh, of of God and so forth. Um, and of course, they're in the Hindu tradition. Um, um, as well, and um, it's uh, it's kind of a, a principle that or a, a, that that a common ground hmm, between these different uh, traditions that uh, could be um, uh, emphasized, and um, this was certainly the uh, the inclusiveness that with which uh, Chaitanya Bhakti Krishna Bhakti as, as we form it was. Um, um, characterized by um, within the the immediate group of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you had people from all castes. They were you, know, you had the caste by birth type emphasis in India's design from all castes, regardless. Muslim outcast Haridas became 
such a prominent person in his group, groups and often were outcasts by, by um, uh, for different reasons. They were thought to be social outcasts and so forth. The plight of uh, and the position of women was very much uplifted um, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and uh, he, he very much uh, emphasized the transcendence of, de- of social religious designations that uh, may have been well and good on, in, in some respects, but um, uh, as much as they got in the way of uh, the unity that transcendence is, is really about, then he pushed back on that. And the unifying, now the unifying uh, kind of uh, ritual that everyone could get involved in that a Brahmin didn't have to preside over, for example, was Nam. Everybody could come and do Nam Kirtan from any 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 position. Hmm? So it was uh, uh, very inclusive in its in its nature. And if we look at extend it, um, as I say, we can find common ground in different traditions and so forth and so on. Um, all that common ground being a sense that there is uh, a, a, the um, potential for a kind of an unmediated experience with the absolute through through the name. Now we have a whole theology that supports this, a nam dharma, a whole dharma, you know, texts and texts and texts explaining the significance of of nam and kirtan and how it works in relation to the senses that the that the physical body consists of and the subtle body and so on and so forth, how it has a transforming effect. Nam nam makari bahudani desaiva shaktis. What is the shakti that's within the name? What different types of names of God will have different results when chanted and so forth. So you can look at how that, and you can see the Chaitanya tradition took this idea and really explored it in in, in considerable um, depth. Hmm? So there's a deep penetration into this idea and very... Uh, Broad in its uh, outreach and circulation and uh, extension to other people, all people, all castes, all creeds, all genders, all even belief systems, hmm? if you will. Um, so in his in his time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's kirtan and and the, the person of himself. What the kirtan did to him, the ecstasy. We, there's no figure in the history, religious history of the world, who more embodies uh, transcendental ecstasy and bhava than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's an objective uh, statement, and and it was all brought about by this kirtan, power of the name, and so he, in that circle of persons. Uh, involved in this kind of revolution, if you will, he was very uh, obviously very extraordinary and had his very lasting effect. And cons- and so much poetry and and philosophy and uh, and so forth has been written about this, uh, and biographies of him as well. Six, seven, eight, ten bi- biographies of him written at the time. Um, so very um, uh, his influence overshadowed, if you will. The influence of others, and also the depth of the idea of nam, nirguna nam, instead of saguna nam, is uh, which is a big subject, but it it's, uh, um, separates him 
from, for example, uh, uh, Gurnanak, Kabir, and some of the others who had a Saguna conception of the name. But the name is a vehicle to be used to then let go of and enter into Brahman and be, how would you say, uh, to be, uh, to love to exist. He had a different idea. It is better to exist to love than to love to exist. So it's bhakti over jnana. And so for there to be bhakti in transcendence, rather than just a means to transcendence, if bhakti and love is only a means to silence shanti shanti, to a sense of unity that has no diversity in it, which love necessarily must have. Love must have diversity. Hmm? There to be two, they have to become one, but if you and I become one, we, we don't dissolve one another, you and I become we. It's a dynamic union, not a static union that cancels the two of us out. Hmm? So love, and of course, love is movement. Hmm? It's not the, the movement of this world, which is driven by lust and a sense of unfu- lack of fulfillment. It's a movement out of fulfillment. So the idea that, that, that mukti is, the, is, the, is, is, is unto itself, in a, in a static sense, is the goal, is not something that's entertained by our uh, particular uh, tradition and for good reason. And therefore you have a nirguna nam, nam, name of God, form of God, lila of God, that all um, are manifest in transcendence, which makes for a variegated... Uh, transcendence, where there is movement, hmm? where there is diversity, but unity is not compromised. Here there is movement, here there is diversity, but it compromises the unity. You think you're a woman, I think I'm a man. Uh, one thing, one person thinks they're one race or one, another of another race and so forth. Our movement is out of some sense of dissatisfaction. If we were fully satisfied, why move? Hmm? And, and the movement is, the sense of dissatisfaction is, I'm lacking something, so the movement is to get something, so there's competition. Hmm? Right? And we're struggling, to give it a Darwinian you know, twist, to exist, right? Hmm? Uh, uh, and one living being, as the Bhagavad is food for another. So we're hunting and we're being hunted at the same time. So this kind of movement out of a sense of Lacking, needing something, which sends us into a into a into a movement of acquisition, which is false because we can't really own anything, and whatever we have looks like one thing. It turns into something else, and just give it time. It looks like it's <laughs> only it retains uh, or remains what it looked like only if if you don't extend the time, and you cannot. Uh, turn off the time. So, <laughs> so uh, given the state of affairs here, it might be a good idea to become peaceful and not acquire, try to acquire, which is problematic and means to struggle with others, but to um, to, 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 to shanti shanti, peaceful. Hmm? So, gyan, knowledge, really is the knowledge that the pursuit of things that don't endure is is not going to result in enduring life. The happiness that is thought to be derived from things that don't endure 
is not going to be lasting because if that thing makes me happy but it doesn't endure <laughs> it's a recipe for sadness so the happiness is one side of the coin of sadness in material life hmm? so so to to remove oneself from from such uh, uh, pursuits hmm? and take a, a less is more type of perspective right and 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 look within become still knowledge then of the atma knowledge cancels out action from active life in pursuing of acquisition we move to life of contemplation so knowledge cancels action in other words if you know then why move like everyone is in relation to things that don't endure that are here today and gone tomorrow so knowledge cancels out of action and the action in this world is troublesome because it's attachment and attachment is, is, is a recipe for, for suffering hmm? so many traditions advocate s- stop acquiring sit don't just do something sit there right hmm? but our question is is there no movement that's wholesome hmm? And love contains movement. Love contains knowledge. And it contains movement. So bhakti contains both action and knowledge. Knowledge unto itself cancels out action. Action cancels out knowledge. The way I'm speaking about it. The action. Karma cancels out knowledge. Knowledge cancels out karma. Bhakti includes action and knowing. What is this position? If bhakti can give mukti, that's true. But never is it taught that mukti can give bhakti. It's a simple argument. If bhakti can give mukti, what is the position of bhakti then? Can mukti give bhakti? That is never taught. Bhakti can give mukti. So if bhakti can give mukti, then mukti is 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 an aspect of bhakti only. Hmm? That means that there's movement in transcendence. That's what we call lila, right? Mm-hmm. It's different than karma. Karma is moving out of a sense of necessity and lacking. But there's another type of movement. We should stop that type of movement and be still. That's true. But if we actually become full, then there's a movement of celebration of the fullness. That we call lila, right? That means there must be Bhagwan. There must be a god. Mm-hmm. There must be movement in transcendence. And if there's God and movement, then the name of God must have a must not only be a, a stepping stone to there where it disappears, but it's also near Guna, beyond the Guna, beyond the Rajas, Sattva, Thomas. It's liberated. How, for that matter, how can it be a medium of liberation if it itself is not liberated? What from this realm can give us liberation? Nothing. It's counterfeit. So only from that realm hmm, can we acquire or become in touch with, by its grace, something that can bring us there. Hmm? So this is one of the unique, uh, just in brief, ideas that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Nam Dharma and focus on the name um, involves. 
distinguishes him from some of the other um, advocates of Nam who thought who thought of Nam as a means to attain silence, this kind of <laughs> chant to attain silence. Uh, you could say that Brahman is beyond thought and word. True. Hmm? So we have two choices now. We can be silent, having said that, or we can interpret it differently. That Brahman is beyond thought and word. It cannot be captured by word, by thought. Therefore, there's not enough that we could say about it. Hmm? We can be busy speaking about it. Hmm? That's kirtan. And with no end. Right? So we understand the sutras in that way. Hmm? Brahma Sutra, Vedanta Sutra. So this is a little bit of Nam Dharma. And in, and certainly this was all really brought together by, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Who didn't, this, these ideas were not... They were there in seed form. I mean, they're all supported by the sacred texts and so forth. But it takes someone to, to take a, a needle and thread it through all of these verses and of the sacred texts that are like a jungle of sounds and make a garland out of that and garland the world with it. Hmm? What is the possibility of uh, that uh, can be derived from Nam, from the name of God? Hmm? So, some thoughts that help? <laughs> okay. Long answer. What's the time? Okay, so we'll stop there. Shishidaji Gopal ki jai. Nam Kirtan ki jai. Hare Krishna Mahamantra ki jai. Aur Premanam ne. Bunch of